Reflections of My Heart Podcast Season 1 Episode 12 Entitled Building on the Rock There can be no doubt that the past almost two years have been full of new experiences for us all. Many of us have had to challenge ourselves to learn more about technology than we ever thought we would. Learning through a lot of trial and error, if you are like me. It seems as if our cell phones, laptops, iPads have become our lifelines. These gadgets afford us the opportunity to stay in touch with our loved ones. We use them to be able to work from home. We shop online, order food, educate our children. We even had online worship experiences. As harsh and devastating as this pandemic continues to be, think about what it would have been like if we weren't such a technologically developed society. So even in the midst of chaos, God has shown that whatever is unfolding, he is still in control and we need to trust in his plan, seeking to build our lives firmly grounded in him. Traditionally, we understand that the parable of the foolish man who built his house on the sand and the wise man who built his house on the rock is used to demonstrate that we need to have a foundation of faith based on our deep relationship with God, or else we will be like those who crash when life's storms come at them. Very often, we think of two different persons in this parable, but have we ever thought that this act can be in reference to the same person? You see, it is very easy in our ignorance to make uninformed and foolish decisions. Sometimes we need to have our house crash in on us, maybe more than once, in order to gain insight, faith, and wisdom. When we read this parable as recorded in Matthew's Gospel, we would notice that it comes at the end of the portion of scripture known as the Sermon on the Mount, found in Matthew chapters 5 to 7. The Sermon on the Mount is filled with life lessons and instructions. It is important to note carefully that Jesus begins the parable of the builders with the words, and I quote, Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, 
I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, and it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, and it fell, and great was its fall." This introduction is putting what Jesus is about to say in direct relation with the lessons he had previously spent hours teaching. I know we all want to be like the wise man in the parable, building our houses of faith on the rock. But what does this mean, and how do we do that? The Sermon on the Mount is our guidebook. Well, I can tell you that this may seem a bit overwhelming, because as mentioned, This portion of scripture is packed with many lessons. So it is advised to wisely master developing a few of them at a time instead of attempting them all at the same time. Following are just some of the random selections which I have chosen to share some thoughts on. You can reference these, as I said, in the Gospel of Matthew. Firstly, practice what you preach. Many of us may believe that we need to lead perfect lives in order to be a good example to others. Of course, We all strive to do what is good and right, but we must accept that we are not perfect and we will make mistakes. What is important is that we do not pretend to be perfect and condemn or judge others. We all have flaws with which we struggle. We all stand in need of forgiveness. Being able to ask forgiveness and being able to forgive others even when they do not ask is what we should be putting into practice. Be a peacemaker. If we are truthful, we will admit that there are those persons who can make trying to be the peacemaker quite a challenge. But if we accept that we are each responsible for our own behavior, we must at least try to be able to let the little things go, forgive, let go, and move on. Sometimes, 
This may mean physically removing ourselves from situations or persons. Sometimes it may require us to bite our tongues. Sometimes it may require us being the bigger person and letting things go. Whatever it takes, we must always try to maintain the peace. It takes effort to build on the rock. Thoughts can be sins too. This particular recommendation can be a bit more difficult to master because thoughts are harder to control than actions. While the words in these verses refer specifically to lustful thoughts, they can suggest much more. How many of us engage in fights with others in our heads? How many of us are guilty of having negative thoughts of someone while smiling sweetly at them? Struggling with these kinds of thoughts can be a real issue, which is why we need to always trust the promises in God's word. Love your enemies. It is easy to love those who are nice and kind to us, but how can we be expected to love those who are mean to us, who speak ill of us, who may even try to physically hurt us? This expectation is a difficult one to embrace and certainly cannot be accomplished on our own. We can only achieve this type of love when we have a deep connection to our Heavenly Father. Only through fervent prayer and submission to God can we achieve and maintain this type of love. Humility is important. I think this one may be especially challenging given our present look-at-me society trends. From Facebook to Instagram to large charity fundraisers to huge church projects, it seems as if all our actions are geared to draw attention, admiration and notice to ourselves. It is only basic human nature, I suppose. Constant, gentle reminders for us to keep surrounding and surrendering our egos to God and allowing Him to keep us humble are necessary. Forgive. It is easier to hold on to old hurts and grudges than to forgive, no? But the longer we hold on to these things, the more damage it does, eating away at our inner peace. I am sure we have all witnessed firsthand the effects of harboring feelings of non-forgiveness on marriages, friendships, family relationships. It does no one any good and can make for bitter, 
angry persons. We may not have the power to control the way others treat us, but it is within our power to control how we react to them. As mentioned earlier, we are each responsible for our own behavior. Keep earthly treasures in their place. There's nothing wrong with having or enjoying nice things. What is important is keeping it in perspective. I believe that it is the focus of our attachment to our nice things that causes us to sin. Our focus needs to be on God and not earthly treasure. Seek first the kingdom of God. Too often, we get caught up in the earthly concerns of this life. We worry about what is going on in the world, our job security, the education of our children, our finances, our health, and the list can go on and on. We need to learn how to trust and keep our focus on God, trusting Him in order to overcome the worry and anxiety which threaten to keep us hostage. True faith will ask, seek, and knock. Some of us may argue the need to pray. If God already knows what we need, but when we go before God in prayer, we approach in faith, believing that He hears us. We need to continually and repeatedly make our petitions known, believing that we will be answered. Strong faith is necessary to steadfastly pray for the same thing. Childlike faith is mentioned by Jesus. This is the unwavering, persistent faith we need. Treat others how you want to be treated. <laughs> A basic requirement for enduring friendships. We often use this quote to our children, reminding them of the need for consideration for others and being fair. But does this statement subtly lose its truth as we get older? Are we guilty of indulging in a bit of gossip about others behind their backs? Do we willingly reach out to those in need or remain aloof? Are we willing to make the first move to compromise or is it my way or no way? Have we become so caught up in our own lives that we cannot see what is happening in the lives of those around us? If you read the full account of the Sermon on the Mount, it would be noted that there are many other lessons which I have not looked at. My focus here was just to highlight that building on the rock is not a one-shot done deal. It is a deeper process 
deeper than simply believing. It requires constant practice, prayer, and focus. And yes, sometimes we will come crashing down. But the proof of our strength is in our ability to dust the sand off and step up. We must understand that God is our rock, immovable, providing stability and safety in this somewhat tumultuous life. Blessings. Blessings.